Welcome to Face the Climb podcast with your host, me, Jen Camille. I'm a strength coach for climbers and outdoor athletes and founder and owner of the online training business, Face the Climb. This podcast is an extension of that business, and we dive into topics all about strength training, lifting, the benefits of lifting for your climbing and your outdoor athlete pursuits. But we also dive into why lifting is so beneficial and why you should be adding strength training into your life because it's not just a phase, it is a lifestyle and the benefits go far beyond just improving your performance. If you're looking to find more information, you can check out the blog on facetheclimb.com backslash blog. And you can also give me a follow on Instagram at face the climb. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, Face the Climb podcast listeners. Oh, thank you for coming back and listening. If this is your first podcast episode, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. And I hope all listeners are able to get some climbing gems out of this one. This one's going to be a good one. We are talking all about assessments, going into them, the importance of them, why you would use them, you know, and sometimes the pitfalls with them that people can really get worked up in and get against themselves when it comes to these assessments, pre and post assessments, and also how climbers will be like, I failed. Guess what? There is actually no failing when it comes to these assessments, and I'll dive into that. And of course, we need to update you all on things that are happening in Face the Climb business. I am so excited for 2023. So many changes are happening. I'm finally reworking things, have the ability to take on more one-on-one athletes. I'm going to create a membership program to fill in a gap in the climbing industry, and, and then also a plan for 2023 is eventually get out like self-regulated climbing training programs as well for the people that aren't looking for that full full support one-on-one athlete coaching. You know, the self-supported eight-week training program was a huge success, and it's definitely opened my eyes to, you know, trying to offer and figure out ways to work with climbers more than just on that full support aspect. So going to end up getting that out there into the world for you all. That will not be soon in 2023. That will probably be near more towards the end of 2023, those self-regulated training programs. But the membership is going to be released in February sometime. I'm so excited for that. It's going to be geared more towards climbers that really, you know, they want to get a workout in. They want to work on their climbing, yet they don't necessarily want to commit to training. You know, climbing is a hobby. Climbing is a hobby, I would say, for all of us. It is a sport, but it is a hobby. But these are for climbers that aren't ready to fully dive into training, yet they still want to get a workout in. They still want accountability and support and, you know, be around other climbers that feel that way as well. And that's what this membership is going to give. And it's going to be called Breakthrough because we're we're breaking through barriers. This isn't something that is really offered. I haven't seen anything like this offered yet in the online climbing world, climbing community. So I'm excited to bring that. And I will obviously be talking way more about that in January leading up. But right now, I am, I am so excited. I am able to take on more one-on-one full support athletes and I'm able to start working with these newer or returning athletes starting mid-January. I am so excited for it. I'm reworking things. I'm going to transfer over to using an app. I've been using Google Docs and Google Sheets. I've gotten feedback from a lot of people that, you know, they do like the Google Sheets and Docs, yet they think it would be easier to use an app because then it's all like in one. You'll still get the 
face the climb training manual. Yes, you will. I've put a lot of work into that. However, you'll also be able to get those exercises and descriptions of the drills right in the app. And with it, there's going to be two or three month training options. It's going to be 300 per month and there is going to be six month extended payment options as well to be able to work with more climbers. If you think finances are a barrier to you committing to training, you know, I'm, I'm totally willing and able to work with you in that aspect. I really want to be part of your climbing journey and help you improve in your climbing and really level up and see what you're like fully capable of when you hone in and push yourself, push yourself physically, emotionally, and mentally with training in your climbing. And then also see the other imp- improvements in areas of your life besides just climbing because of the climbing training, because a huge thing that comes with climbing training, no matter what level you're at, even the climbers that do, you know, have been training for a while and work at a higher level, confidence is huge from this. You know, you're getting stronger, you're feeling more comfortable on the wall, your confidence is going to improve as well. And that confidence goes into you trying things that you normally wouldn't. Confidence of going and climbing in front of other climbers when maybe you would have been more scared and timid to and you would have walked away from the crowded areas because you're nervous about what other people will think. Confidence in other areas of your life, in your relationships, in your jobs, you know, it transfers over, it leaks into other areas of your life in a positive way, training that is. And the also with it, you know, starting in this mid-January, beginning of February is a great time if you plan on having a climbing trip. Spring is a great time to go rope climbing trips. You got bouldering season in the northeast in the spring. Short window as long as it's not super rainy. But that is definitely the time to train to prepare for those spring trips that you have, those spring climbing goals. And if you're just a climber in the climbing gym, totally cool too. We love you too. I know a lot of people talk so much about outdoors. I know I do. I love the outdoors. Yet some people just love gym climbing and that's awesome too. Do realize that. And you know, you could be And the hard thing with gym climbing is you don't have, like, long-term projects, right? But you may have hit this plateau. You may have hit a rut in your climbing, and you're just like, what the fuck? Why can't I get past this? Training is a great way to get past those plateaus and push through and then start climbing at higher levels, higher grades in your climbing gym, and just... You know, it goes back to that confidence. And then your fucking confidence skies through the roof. Training is just, it, it helps with so many areas besides just your physical performance. And, you know, it needs to be talked about. It's an amazing thing. I love working with the athletes that I work with. And the best, you know, I would say the best part is through if you secure your spot by January 1st. Right now I'm recording this. It's December 16th. It's going to be out next Wednesday, <laughs> whatever, whatever date that is. But pretty much you'll have two and a half weeks to secure your spot to start in January and you will get $50 off per month. So $250 per month, great deal. You still get that extended six-month payment option if you want, if that's what you need financially. Totally cool, totally fine. And I'm just, I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited to be able to work with more athletes and expand this. Uh, I'm excited. Ah, yes. So if you want to secure your spot, definitely go down in the show notes. Shoot me an email, jenatfacetheclimb.com, or you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'd say go to the website, but the website is not updated for this at all. I will admit that. (laughs) The best way is to shoot me an email or to shoot me a DM on Instagram. And of course, before we dive into the episode, we need to talk about favorite crag snack and coffee. So this person's favorite crag snack is chocolate coconut pro bar 
or dark chocolate coffee almond trail butter and nitro. Oh, I'm saying this wrong. I'm reading it off of my screen. Chocolate coconut pro bar. I have not had, and I had this conversation with this climber and it was just like, yo, I, that sounds delicious. I need to hop on that. She says that they are absolutely delicious or dark chocolate coffee almond trail. That also sounds really good. I love a good trail mix. I think that's what she's talking about. I love a good trail mix. And then Nitro Draft Oat Milk Latte from Bluebeard Coffee. Oh, man. I want to go to Bluebeard Coffee. Where is Bluebeard Coffee? I'm going to Google this right now because I want some Bluebeard Coffee. How do I get Bluebeard Coffee? I'm Instagramming Bluebeard Coffee right now. Blue. Bluebird. Coffee. Fucking, I can't spell yo. Bluebird Coffee Company. And we are taking a little break from this episode to let you all know if you have been enjoying Face the Climb podcast, if you've been able to take little climbing gems out of these episodes and start implementing into your climbing and see an improvement in your climbing, if you have found that this podcast has helped you look at climbing in a different lens and also go about your climbing differently and just help you understand that yes, what you are going through is valid in your climbing, no matter what grade that you are climbing at. And if you've been feeling those things, enjoying this podcast, and are looking for a way to support, you can do so by going down into the show notes and clicking on the buy me a cup of coffee link. That is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. If you are looking for a way to do a reoccurring support for this podcast, then you can also choose that option by going down into the show notes and choosing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. Uh, Absolutely appreciate your support so much and cannot thank you all enough. Seriously, that is, again, two separate ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb and or doing the buzzsprout subscriptions you can find both of those down in the show notes and again i cannot thank you all enough for the sport i absolutely love podcasting now we'll get back to the rest of the episode award-winning oregon roasted oh man i gotta i gotta get some of this coffee but that sounds absolutely delicious a nitro oat milk latte. Mm, I do love the nitro. I love the oxygenated stuff. So good, so good. I do I do get upset when I'm not able to drink it fast enough because then it's no longer nitro. It's just normal. All the fun's gone. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Fuck. Why does the fun have to be gone? Oh, man. But that sounds delicious. I'll have to add um, pro bars to list to try those out. And then I really am interested. I have only ever had like nitro cold brew. I've never had nitro lattes. So I'm kind of jealous that you're able to and I'm not. <laughs> I want in on the fun. I want in on the fucking fun of the nitro lattes. Oh man, I'm going to have to keep an eye out like local coffee shops and see if 
there's any nitro lattes out there that I can have. Mm, absolutely delicious. This sounds like a winner. And I'm also going to have to look into coffee and see if they ship because I'm I'm down to support. That, that looks like some good coffee. So thank you. Okay, we will dive into the topic of what's the dealio with assessments. I really like that name because I think a lot of times climbers, especially the climbers, that I end up have working with one-on-one that have never done training before, they get nervous with assessments. And, you know, because when you think of assessments, you think of tests and people get test anxiety. A great way, though, to think about assessments is just to see where you're at. It's to figure out your starting point, right? So you can't pass or fail this assessment. (laughs) This isn't gym class. We are not in gym class anymore, you know, where you would do like, how long can you hang off the bar? You know, does does anyone know what I'm talking about? That was totally a thing when I was growing up in gym class. It was like, how long can you like hold the top position of a pull-up or chin-up? And then there is like, this is what would normal be for girls at this ages. This would be normal for boys at this ages. Oh man, it's not like that. That is not assessments, okay? And also with climbing, you'll see like Power Company Climbing has put out different graphs, different data points on climbers and where they're at, where these certain assessments are like max weighted pull-ups and max weighted 20 millimeter hangs, you know, stuff like that. And it's not, it doesn't relate to everyone, if that makes sense. And it's in relation to their climbing grade. And it doesn't you know, it doesn't relate to everyone. Climbing is such a skill-based sport that you may not have, like, super strong pull-up strength. That may not be one of your greatest things, but you could still be an extremely strong climber because you have an amazing technique. You have great endurance, depending on what you're doing, you know. So climbing is such a skill-based sport that using assessments to kind of, you know, relate yourself to other climbers isn't always the best way to do it, especially climbers that I work with, because generally the climbers that I work with are in that like V2 to V4-ish 5 range, and then like 5.8 to like 5.10.11 range. Like (laughs) there's not many data points on climbers in those grades as well. If anything, a great way to look at assessments is a way to look at where you're starting and then when you do a post-assessment, reevaluate and be like, oh, look how far I've come or, okay, I could still work more on this or maybe I just didn't work on this assessment at all so this assessment doesn't make sense. Or, and then it's also to be able to be like, okay, this is where I'm at now, so I'll adjust to that. So assessments are good in determining where you're starting. So they could be used to see like where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are, and then also be able to get a gauge on how to prescribe yourself intensity for your workouts, right? And then later down the line, maybe you do assessments again after eight or 12 weeks, you're able to be like, okay, I'm now at this point, I've increased in these assessments. That means that I need to increase the intensities of the workouts that I'm doing to gauge for that. And that's like really what assessments are. Truthfully, that's that's 
what's the dealio with assessments? I just gave it to you. That is literally the purpose of assessments. It's not a pass or fail. And a lot of times climbers, especially the climbers that I work with, they get this test anxiety and I'm like, you know, pull-ups. And they're like, I definitely can't do a pull-up. I'm like, that's fine. That's totally fine. That is okay. So you write zero. That's our starting point. We are at zero. And that also helps me be like, okay, I'm not going to put pull-ups in this athlete's program. I might do pull-up variations, which I've been showing on Instagram and on TikTok, of if you can't complete a full body weight pull-up, you know, assisted box box pull-ups, we have resistance band pull-ups, we have eccentrics, you know, things that I wouldn't have athletes that can do a pull-up do those because they're they're not at that point. You know, they can do pull-ups, so we will make a higher intensity for them for them to see an adaptation. Or if they can't do a pull-up, then great, we're going to do dumbbell rows. We're going to build up the back muscle, the pulling muscles differently, lat pull-down machine, you know? So it's not a pass or fail in that scenario. It's more of a information tool. And assessments are information tools for us to be able to write programs to where you are at to make sure that you see an adaptation and also make sure that we aren't overworking you or setting you up for failure, prescribing you stuff that you cannot do, right? And then it's also just this information tool of seeing where your weaknesses are. Great example of this, you know, just uh, got back assessments from an athlete and we were doing bodyweight assessments and push-ups. This person was able to do quadruple the amount of push-ups versus pull-ups, What does that tell me? We got to work on pulling strength. Pulling strength is definitely a weakness. Climbing uses pulling strength. We're going to have to work on some pulling strength, you know? So that's a great thing. That just showed us, while, yes, should we still have some sort of pushing, whether that be on, like, the wall or off the wall? Yes. But pulling's definitely a weakness, you know? Or assessments, another one, I just got done doing an assessment with another athlete, got the assessments back, and it was pretty decently strong climber, right? V5, V6 range. Can only do, and I don't want to say can only do, still impressive, more pull-ups than me. I actually can't do many pull-ups. A big weakness of mine is body weight pulling. (laughs) I use my legs a lot. I will admit it. (laughs) I will not lie. But, you know, V5, V6 climber can bust out about four or five pull-ups. Body weight, you know? So, yeah, we got to build up that strength. Will it just be pull-ups? Is the only thing we're going to be doing is pull-ups? No, actually, there's no pull-ups in the prescription plan. We're doing isometric weighted hangs and then assisted, like, one-arm lock-off stuff and everything, you know, not really putting the athlete in a lot of pulling positions, but we also have like overhead pressing, you know, so it really helps you kind of see where you could approve upon. You could be an athlete that is like V4, V5, and you're like, I can't break into V6. I don't know what's wrong. You know, I can't do this. And then we go to do a continuous 20 millimeter max hang, and you only can hang on for five seconds. Fingers are the weakness there. Fingers need help, you know? So assessments are informational tools. And, you know, I just gave examples of, like, weaknesses, but it could be strengths as well. 
You know, you could be like, what do I need to work on? You do, we'll do ropes, for example. It's you can climb 510 and you're having a struggle getting into 511s, yet you can go up, down, ups all day on like 5.8s and 5.9s. I'm going to say that's a huge strength. That is an amazing strength. I'm going to say that your conditioning is very good in your climbing and we got to work on max strength, you know? So assessments are informational tools. They should not be scary, right? I I know they are because we... (laughs) A lot of the athletes I work with are around my age or older. We grew up in the age where test taking was like pass or fail. This is your life depends on this test, (laughs) you know, so and it's gotten worse, probably truthfully from work, seeing the younger kids, it's gotten worse. But assessments, they're not tests. It's not gym class all over again. The assessments are informational tools. Now, how to pick assessments? That's a great question. Sorry. And, you know, you want to pick assessments for kind of where you are at. Like, would I say you should go do a one rep max deadlift if you've never deadlifted before and you want to start strength training your climbing? No, Mm -mm. no. (laughs) We are assessing things that you have done or, you know, skill sets that are not overtaxing or complicated to learn and wouldn't be stressing you on the system and putting you risk for injury, right? If you're going to want to rep max on a deadlift and you've never done one before, not, you know, the smartest decision. You're not putting yourself in the smartest decision, we'll say. So, you know, body weight stuff is fairly low risk in terms of like pull-ups, push-ups, maybe hanging leg raises, front plank, and then climbing could be, you know, what's your max grade, and then a capacity conditioning. Oh man, can we just, little side tangent, little side tangent. I should do a whole podcast episode on this of how climbers make things way more complicated, but like this whole thing about capacity and then power endurance and endurance, Climbing gets so fucking intricate. When you go to any other sport, it's conditioning. And I'll, I say capacity a lot. It's, and capacity is like your ability, the amount of work that you're able to do for a certain amount of time at a certain level, right? And having a high capacity is great. And, but we like, in every other sport, it's like sprints for soccer, conditioning. It's not like, oh man, I'm working on my power endurance. It's like, no, I'm doing fucking conditioning. Running a half marathon, oh, I'm going for my three miler. I'm doing some conditioning. You know, it's not like, I don't know, I I need to do a whole podcast episode on this of just how climbers, we as climbers make shit so complicated and nitty gritty. And I think a big factor of that is just because climbing is newer in using exercise science. So we're really focused, a lot of climbers and us as professionals, we're also part of the problem, is focusing on like these nitty gritty when the general population of climbers, they don't need to know the nitty gritty. And it can get really confusing when you know the nitty gritty and also realize you're using all the energy systems at all the at all the times, it's not like one turns on and then one turns off and then one turns on and one turns off. No, it's you're using them all the time. So <laughs> that was my little tangent. I should do a whole podcast episode on that. But capacity, conditioning. So like yeah, a great one that I love doing with boulders is find your max climbing 
Boulder grade that you can send in like a couple tries, you know, or like can finish in a session and then drop it down two to three grades from that and do climb a boulder, time how long it takes you, and then take the same amount of rest that it takes you or two times the rest. So if the climb took you 30 seconds, you'll rest 30 seconds or you'll rest 60 seconds. And then you repeat that same climb. And you do that until you can't climb it anymore. So that's really kind of measuring more of your conditioning, your capacity. And you'll be able to see, like, if you climbed a V5 and then you went and did that, what I just mentioned, the conditioning test on a V3 and you got 1.5, like climbed it once and then fell off halfway the second attempt, we need to work on your conditioning. We need to build up your capacity, your ability to do a certain amount of climbing. You know, we need to build up your ability and work for climbing. So that's where you would want to focus on, you know? So that would be a great way to do with ropes. Again, I kind of mentioned the whole, like, you're just climbing rope doubles, rope triples up five eights, five nines, and then you can't climb a 511. We need to work on strength there, you know? So that's one type couple different types of assessments that you can do. You can also do, you know, finger assessments, body weight assessments. If you have a strength background, you can do strength assessments. But assessments, you know, going back to it, they're information for you. They're information for you to base off where you need to go, what you need to work on, and where you're starting at. Now, We're going to dive into, you know, where assessments can really discourage climbers and where climbers can get upset with themselves and angry and frustrated. And that has to do with, you know, if you, let's say, you did pull-ups. We're just using pull-ups. It's just so simple. It's so simple. If you did pull-ups as an assessment... And then at no point during your training did you work on pull-ups, an aspect of the pull-up exercise, so the motion that you go through with a pull-up. If you did not work on any aspect of that and then you don't see your pull-ups increase, that makes sense. You didn't do the exercise. You didn't do the positions of the exercise. So yeah, that makes sense. However, if a climber does pull-ups as the assessment, doesn't see an improvement in their post-assessment doing it again, and they didn't work on pull-ups, you the climber will be like, what the fuck? Why didn't I work? Why didn't I improve on pull-ups? I actually got worse. Like I suck. I'm shitty. And then you go into this mindset, but it's like, no, let's take a step back. You didn't incorporate any pull-up variations. You didn't incorporate any pulling exercises, strength exercises, you know, that just wasn't the right assessment for you. But I've seen climbers that do the training programs by themselves, like on their own, do that. Okay. Like, (laughs) and it's, that's definitely one of the pitfalls. Another thing, you know, with pull-ups, I mentioned I'll have my climbers do that. And That first assessment, it's like, I can't do a pull-up. Well, that second assessment I have them do, I'll be like, okay, let's try assisted pull-ups. You know, so we're adjusting the assessments to what the previous assessment was like. 
if that makes sense. So I'm not going to, you know, and if they're still working on assisted pull-ups, I'm not going to have them test on how many pull-ups can you do. I'll have them do how many assisted pull-ups with the least amount of resistance can you do, okay? And we're starting from there. That's our new base. We've had an improvement, right? And it's okay, you know, with that one, it's okay to switch up the assessments according to what your previous, your pre-assessment said. The other thing with assessments that's really important is if you don't do them. So a lot of times, you know, climbers don't do assessments. And this is a downfall. This is a pitfall. Climbers are psyched about training, writing their own training plan, making an improvement. They're going to stick with this thing. And then they don't do a pre-assessment. And I mean, even like a pre-assessment on like recording themselves on a climb to see where they're at or recording themselves on their project to have something, some some gauge to see that you improve. That's That's one of the amazing things about assessments is you can see how you improved. And then they go... And then eight weeks, 12 weeks later, they're like, go back to that project. They're like, fuck, I haven't, I still can't send it. I still can't send it. When maybe they made it six more moves than they did last time. But they don't remember that because they never took like that pre-assessment. They never took that pre-video of their project to see like, oh, well, eight weeks ago, you couldn't do those six moves. You only made it three moves in. Now you're making it nine moves in and you got two more moves left. That's a huge fucking improvement on your project, right? But you don't know that because you never did like an assessment, a starting point. And an assessment could be as simple as that. You know, an assessment could just be you recording yourself on your project, going through training, and then going back and seeing your improvements on your project. If you're not going into this like really in-depth training, but I would recommend doing assessments of some sort so that you can get a gauge of like how to prescribe intensity for yourself, for your workouts and so forth. Like what grade should I be climbing at for this? And then going off of that. So assessments are important with that. And I'm going to wrap up with one other aspect of assessments where people can get really discouraged and frustrated with themselves is they take do a pre-assessment and then they create these expectations in their mind of where they'll end up being at the post-assessments after like the three months of training. They put in their mind like, okay, I only did three, and I keep using pull-ups. It's just so simple. I only did two pull-ups pre-assessment. I'm going to work on pulling strength. I'm going to do lap pull-downs. I'm going to do dumbbell rows. I'm going to do isometric hangs, throw in some like pull-up variations here and there throughout my training. I'm going to, you know, I'm honestly pulling on the wall. I'm engaging my lats more. 12 weeks, they're like in their head, I'm going to be able to do 10 pull-ups. Post-assessment, after the three months, six pull-ups. And they're like, what the fuck? I suck. <laughs> and I've seen it. And I say it. And I'm saying this. And I, it's real. This happens. We are people. We are, we are humans. We set expectations for ourselves. 
But in reality, man, over the course of 12 weeks, you increased your pull-up strength by three pull-ups. That's huge. That's a huge improvement. When you were only ever able to do three in a row, that is a huge improvement. You know, we'll use me for an example. I weigh 170 pounds. So that means I'm able to lift 170 pounds three more times than I was previously. Yeah, that's a huge improvement, y'all. <laughs> like, you know, so it's, it's, you end up after these pre assessments, you end up creating these unrealistic expectations for yourself. And with that has to do with time and just understanding like adaptations take a while. They take time. So any improvement should be celebrated, right? It should be celebrated. 100% you put in the work, you have improved. Celebrate it. Celebrate those small wins. And then see that post-assessment as a way to gauge your future training. Be like, okay, now that you did six pull-ups, Let's change up the intensity. Let's switch up what we're doing, you know, and make it so that we can work up to those 10. Or, you know, maybe same with weighted pull-ups. Maybe your weighted pull-ups was body weight and then you were able to do 10 pounds, you know, 10 pounds beyond your body weight. That's a huge improvement, but you could have had unrealistic expectations of like, oh, I'll be able to do body weight plus 20 pounds, you know. And then you get discouraged and you get pissed off and you get moody and you're just like, what the fuck? I'm not good enough. I'm not good at this. When in, when you improved, y'all, you fucking improved. <laughs> like, celebrate that. Celebrate that. And it's just, you know, I think we as humans, especially now in society, we forget to celebrate the little wins and forget to celebrate those little milestones because those little milestones is what gets us to the bigger ones. And you need to celebrate those to be able to keep moving forward and to keep showing up and keep motivating yourself. And also realize maybe you won't improve in your assessments. That's okay. That could be a determination showing you. Remember, assessments are information. Think of assessments as information. It's not pass or fail. So if the post-assessment you decreased then let's go back to the training program. Maybe there is an error in what you ended up doing. Maybe you should have been doing something differently. You know, maybe that wasn't the right rep scheme. I don't know, not rep scheme, but like the right schedule for you. You ended up looking back. You were like, you wrote yourself out for three days a week. And then you ended up looking back and you were only able to do two days a week. And you mixed up the days that you did so you weren't doing the same days each week consistently. That will affect your assessment. So, okay, we're learning from that information. So moving forward, maybe your training program should only have two days and have those two days be consistent in terms of what you're doing. Cool. We're moving forward. So again, assessments are information. What's the dealio with assessments? They're information. They're information for you to create a program for yourself, to look back, see what went well, what went differently, what could be changed, where you're starting off, where you are now, where you could end up. You know, it is information. It's not pass-fail. We aren't in fucking gym class anymore, y'all. We are not in gym class anymore. Oh, I hated those tests. The sit and reach test. 
I was horrible at the sit and reach test, okay? <laughs> it's horrible. Assessments, climbing assessments are not the sit and reach test or the pull, like the hang in gym class. They're information for you and for you to become a better climber and improve in your climbing. Uh, such a goodie, and I'll definitely have to do an episode on how we as climbers make shit way too complicated. <laughs> I'll definitely have to do a podcast episode on that. All right. And don't forget, if you've been enjoying the podcast, to leave it a star review on Spotify and or a star review on iTunes. And you can also leave a rating. Oh, that is a rating. The star is the rating. You can also leave a review on iTunes and well. Your support is so appreciated. And please, please share the podcast with your friends, other climbers, beginner, intermediate climbers that you think would really benefit from the podcast. I love doing this. So please spread the word. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to another Face to Climb podcast episode. It has been a pleasure having you here. And if you're looking for more ways to dive into lifting and strength training, definitely go check out the free lifting guide, which you can find down in the show notes and or on my website, www.facetheclimb.com. This is the guide to set yourself up for success in the weight room and doing it with confidence. We dive into how to build up strength. We dive into auto-regulation, sets and reps, progressive overload to help you build that strength through educational videos. But then we also dive into how a bunch of how to do exercise videos like deadlifts, rows, bench press for barbells and dumbbells. This is guide is jam packed with information and an amazing resource if you're looking to get into lifting. And of course, make sure you go and follow me on Instagram at face the climb. I would love to see you there and have conversations. All right. Have a good rest of your day, y'all.